This is the weekly sales meeting for October 29th, 2023. My name is Chris Fleming. You can reach me at chris at cdmediaconsulting.com or go to our website at cdmediaconsulting.com. Today's topic, is it work so well we quit doing it? We all struggle with recruitment. I'm sure we have all tried many different practices to attract new employees to our operations. I had a method I used for several years. I used to carry a stack of business cards in my pocket. On one side, it said, you did a really good job. Call me if you ever want to talk about your future. On the other side, it said, thank you, and it had my contact information. I would hand these out to people I encountered throughout my day. It could be a clerk in a store. It could have been somebody at the auto repair place. It could have been a server in a restaurant. I did not discriminate when it came to people with good attitudes and those who gave impeccable service. The return rate was about two out of five. For every five cards I gave out, I would get two phone calls. And of those two, one would show up for an interview. It was a good way to build a bench of people to keep in contact with when I would have openings. And it was such a good idea, I quit doing it. Why do we stop doing things that are successful? Human beings tend to abandon the successful when they are working. It is almost like we get to the mountaintop, look around, and then spot another mountain to climb. This phenomenon can be summed up with the statement, it works so well we quit doing it. Whether it is a personal habit or a company strategy, we will do this. We will drop successful practices. This raises questions about human behavior and even more concerns about our decision-making process. The truth is, when things are going well, we tend to drift. We all become the cat distracted by the next shiny object. One of the primary reasons for abandoning successful practices is complacency. When individuals or companies achieve a level of success, they tend to become content. Peter Drucker is often credited with being the father of modern management. He claimed the enemy of the best is not the worst, but the good when it becomes the complacent. In this aura of contentment, we become resistant to change. We get this anchoring belief that our current methods are enough. We stop being curious. We get conservative and forget what led us to our success. We are reluctant to explore new avenues or improve existing systems. This would upset our delicate balance. We conclude that the status quo is our comfort zone. Let's not make waves and ride this thing as far as it will take us, which won't be very far as someone is always coming for our plateau. In an evolving world, priorities tend to shift over time. What once seemed important and successful may lose its significance as new challenges emerge. Then our limited resources get redirected. Those resources could be financial, human, or time. Either way, these get siphoned off to these new priorities. The result is the abandonment of successful practices. We go chasing the shiny new toy regardless of whether it will be profitable. Our core business will suffer because we take our eyes off the ball. As the old saying goes, because it worked in the past doesn't mean it will work in the future. Success requires continuous improvement and adaptation. But too much pursuit of the next new thing without proper attention and investment in what is working can cost us real money. This is evident in our business. Companies that went all in on 
on digital without the infrastructure to back it up found themselves outsourcing the work. It made sales departments far less profitable. The more digital they sold, the higher the cost of sale as compared with broadcast revenue. It has a relatively fixed overhead. The pursuit of short-term gains can overshadow the long-term benefits of our successful practices. In today's fast-paced society, there is a pervasive desire for immediate results. We chase instant or semi-immediate gratification. It is a mindset that leads companies to abandon practices that need sustained effort and investment, even when these paths produce the most revenue and contribute the most to the bottom line. The allure of the quick fix and immediate short-term gains blind us to the potential long-term consequences. Because the impact is not felt immediately, we find it easy to drift away from what made us successful. The value of the order we take today will set the bar for the future. We will be wise to be mindful of this when accepting anything less than the optimal. Sometimes the decision to stop the successful is driven by a lack of understanding of their effectiveness. Companies, and those leading them, may not completely comprehend its value or impact. It is only a number on a spreadsheet, and if those reading the Excel file have never gotten out from the desk and seen the front line, it may lead to this kind of decision. Without this level of understanding, companies may stop doing what worked. If only because someone in the managerial chain didn't understand its impact, either the short-term, long-term, or both. Sometimes you must give your plans time to work. Other times you must rely on reports from the field to guide decision-making. It is better than cutting up your operation on paper, and then finding the practice can no longer sustain profit because we have cut the muscle. External influences and changing trends are also part of the equation. Society is always evolving. What was once considered effective or popular may become irrelevant over time. It can be technological advancements. Sometimes it is shifting societal norms, or it can be changing consumer preferences. Any of these can prompt companies to adopt new practices, rather than holding on to what made them successful. The key is to be right in the timing. If we are too late to adapt, we will get left behind. If we are too early, we are left flapping in the wind by ourselves wondering where all our fans went. Adaptation to external influences is necessary for progress. Stephen Johnson is the author of 12 books. Most of them deal with science and technology. He writes for major newspapers in the United States. He claims the only thing more dangerous than being in the wrong place is being in the right place and staying there too long. This is the struggle. The struggle to stay on the crest of the wave. It can lead to the premature abandonment of practices that are still effective in favor of what is new. The smart companies have a plan for that. One that rides their legacy products while making room for what is new and interesting. Jeff Davidson is an American football coach and former NFL player. He was most recently working with the Detroit Lions as an offensive line coach. He said about innovation, it is not that we can't innovate, it's that we often choose not to. Success can lead to a dangerous sense of complacency. The consequences of abandoning successful practices can be far-reaching. It can result in the loss of accumulated knowledge, missed opportunities for improvement, and a stagnation of progress. But there are ways to mitigate this tendency and harness the benefits of what got us here. First is investing in continuous evaluation and learning. It means evaluating what we are doing, measuring the short and long-term impact of each decision. 
continuous learning at the speed of business will prevent most premature abandonment practices, but knee-jerk reactions to market fluctuation will lead to a lasting and long-term negative impact on a company's future. We need to foster an environment that values reflection and evaluation, one that can identify successful practices and work to sustain them. Grace Brewster Hopper was an American computer scientist. She was a mathematician and a United States Navy Rear Admiral. She was a pioneer of computer programming who invented one of the first linkers. She was on the ground floor of innovation as one of the first programmers of the Harvard Mark I computer. She claimed the most dangerous phrase in the language is, we've always done it this way. We should always be questioning our operations, but never second-guessing them, which will cause paralysis. Learning to balance short-term gains and long-term goals is crucial. It is important to consider the potential long-term consequences of abandonment, especially abandoning what works in favor of quick fixes. Encouraging our teams to think beyond immediate results can help. When we look at the business and more than just month-to-month and quarter-to-quarter evaluation periods, we can prevent this loss. But so many are now trapped in this vicious cycle. This cycle perpetuated by the 24-hour news cycle of Wall Street earning reports and the quarter-to-quarter evaluation of consumer sentiment. This becomes the bellwether for the corporate five-year plan. As Apple's Steve Jobs once said, innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. As we look to occupy the leadership position with our customers, we need to appear to be solvent and innovative. It means we must fight against the negative press that only follows the top companies. Clear and effective communication is essential. This will ensure the value and impact of successful practices are understood. By promoting transparent communication, companies can foster awareness and appreciation for best practices. It can make sure they are understood by the customer base and never painted into a box. We can craft the narrative around our legacy products to be the superlative connection points for our audience. We should stop ourselves from saying it is still relevant. Instead, we should make the case that it is relevant. It is because of the mass reach and the purchasing power of that audience. While the internet may add its massive global impact, local media does so on Main Street. It does it in your town with your people. While it is important to sustain successful practices, it is equally vital to remain open to change. Embracing flexibility allows companies to evolve. When it makes sense, they can incorporate new practices. And if they are innovative, they can do so without completely discarding those that have proven effective. As Bill Gates is famous for saying, success is a lousy teacher. It seduces smart people into thinking they can't lose. We can neither rest on our laurels, being complacent, nor can we rush to the next shiny new toy and embrace it. Andrew Stephen Grove was a Hungarian-American businessman. He was a successful engineer. He escaped Hungary in the revolution of 1956. He moved to the United States at age 20, where he finished his education. He served as the third CEO of Intel Corporation. He says success breeds complacency. Complacency breeds failure. Only the paranoid survive. We can be in a constant state of motion, a work in progress, relying on our best practices and incorporating what we learn every day. In doing so, we can avoid the slow march to defeat that has killed so many legacy industries. It works so well we quit doing it. It encapsulates a perplexing tendency observed in our lives and our business. Beware of complacency. Check changing priorities. Watch out for an overemphasis on short-term gains. Careful that you don't suffer from a lack of awareness. 
be mindful of all external influences. These will all contribute to it work so well we quit doing it. We can do so with continuous evaluation of our position and our market position. We can take a long-term view of our world. Once we embrace that position, we need to communicate what we are and who we are. We should do this with consistency and frequency. We can't rely on others to do it for us. We need a loud voice to sing in unison about the merits of our business. Last, we need adaptability and flexibility. The world changes with an uncaring swiftness. It leaves the unprepared in the wreckage by the roadside. By striking a balance between innovation and preservation, we can ensure that best practices are sustained. We can ensure our place in the future as progress continues to thrive. The next time you think of something that worked well for you, seek first to understand why you stopped. Ask if it could have been revived, retooled, or rejected. Check if it is still relevant and applicable to our mass audience. From there, you can consider the best path forward. My new book, 52 Weekly Sales Meetings, is now available on Amazon.com. If you like what you have heard here today, please consider ordering a copy or two. You can always send one to a friend. Go to cdmediaconsulting.com right now and follow the instructions to order.